Be Your Best You, the Passionate to Purpose podcast with David Delaney. Good morning and welcome to this episode of Be Your Best You. If you like books and writing, anything literary, you're going to love this morning's guest, who is Neve Boyce. Neve is an award-winning novelist and poet, and her first book, The Herbalist, was an instant success, with the Irish Times calling it the most entertaining yet substantial historical novel since Joseph O'Connor's Star of the Sea. Her second novel, Her Kind, went on to tell us about the events uh, leading up to the Kilkenny Witch Trials, and an absolutely fascinating read, well worth a visit to your local bookshop to pick up a copy. Neve lives uh, with her family in Ballylinan in County Leash, and she joins us this morning to tell us all about her journey uh, through writing and her journey with words. So, Neve, you're very, very welcome, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, no, no worries, no worries. Neve Boyce, uh, the herbalist, newcomer of the year award for that. Uh, her kind, which is shortlisted for the EU Prize for Literature, um, and and other other work as well. Who is Neve Boyce? Tell me a little bit about the person behind the writing. Okay. Um, well, I'm from Athy in Kildare, and. Um, I live just outside it in Leash, just across the border, and I work part-time for the libraries. So um, I work a couple of hours a week for Leash Libraries, and the rest of the time I'm writing and uh, rearing my family, I guess, as well. And I also do teaching work and some, some commissioned work as well. So I spend my work in my, you know, hopefully on a, on a good week, I would spend most a lot of time um, here in the writing shed. Uh, working on a novel, the, the novel I'm trying to finish at the moment, and I could be doing um, articles then for the Leash blog, or um, I work a little bit for Womankind. It's a it's a magazine, so I do some pieces for them. Okay, and, um, okay. Yeah, so it's a lot of sitting on my <laughs> on <a> chair. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So when when did you did did you one one question that I, I I'm asking in the podcast is um you know what what did you want to be when you grew up. Did you did you always want to be a writer? Um, no, no, it never occurred to me. And I, I I often wonder, is it because of my generation? You know, so I went to school in the 70s and 80s in Ireland and um, I, I didn't really come across any um, other female Irish writers. Um, we did soundings was our leaving search. Um, <laughs> Uh, I can still remember the po- all the poems and stories and yeah, yeah. yes there was you know of course there was the Emily's Emily Dickinson and Emily Bronte and Wuthering Heights and but there was a huge like it didn't even occur to me really but I think when you when I look back I saw there was actually no you know you know that phrase to, to be it you have to see it and um, so everything I read um, and everything I heard about was literature or, you know um, was the you know none of it included um Irish women writers, you know, okay, um, okay. they did exist, but they were absolutely not on the curriculum. So I never, it never occurred to me to to want to be a writer, and I don't know okay. whether that had a part in it. It's just not something. It's something I absolutely love books. You know, I would read mm. the back of a shampoo bottle. I loved <laughs> books, and this is back in the day with no internet. There was no, uh, there was no video even. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, when you compared that, what was on offer, maybe an RT one or RT two, when RT2 started at, at six o'clock in the day and maybe RT1 had, I don't know, sports, then DeAngelis, Little House in the Prairie, which was great. But, um, and then you're off with the world of books, you know, so I was a member of the Thai Library, which I still am, at a, you know, from an early age. 
And so to go in there and to open up a book and it could be anywhere, you know, it was like it's, it was, there were doors into other worlds. So I absolutely loved and I'd read anything, you know, I didn't read, you know, um, you know, some people they like crime or they like whatever. I, I just read from A to Z. I didn't care, you know, and I, I still have very fond memories of that. Oh, but it isn't something I ever thought of as, as something that that I would do, you know. Okay. And what was it intentional then for? Because there's a lot of strong female characters in your writing, and I'm going to single out maybe um, maybe her kind um, for for that. So was it intentional or accidental that that the strong female presence in 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 your books, for example, like Dame, Dame Alice Kittler, was a very very strong female character. And it's, uh, one, one thing I found when, when reading her kind is that you can picture, your writing is so vivid that I actually remember being in Kittler's not long after reading the book. And I just thought, wow, you know, this is actually, this is, this is where this all happened. What, was it intentional to, 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 to focus on, on the female strong characters in, in your writing or is it just, you know, how, how did that come about? No, it's funny. It's not intentional, you know, and I guess some, you know, often I'm asked that and I say, well, there is a lot of straw. I don't know really any weak female characters myself. I know, you know, there's variety in the world, but I know what you mean about Alice being incredibly uh, powerful. And um, on my first book as well, I was led to, to you know, I, I wrote from the point of view of um, of women who are quite, quite strong characters, but it's not intentional. No, I, it's yeah. not intentional. It's um, I'm usually just drawn by the story, you know, so with, with her kind, which was based on the Kilkenny witchcraft trials, I was I was drawn initially by the story. And then as I write, the voices come and I did a lot of I did four years research for that. And I discovered that Alice Kittler was a shockingly powerful woman in terms of how um, she's sometimes conveyed, you know, some, you know, now, yeah, often, yeah. you know, you read an account of her. Um, even in, in one of my children's books, school books, said she was a red haired young woman who must have been very attractive because she'd lots of husbands and had lots of money, which is so far from the truth, so reductionist. Mm -hmm. Um but she was she was a businesswoman in her own right. And when, when I when I started to research that case and I found out how powerful she was and how much wealth she had, I was quite surprised. Um, because we don't often when we think of medieval Irish women, we don't often think of power in that way and that that amount of, of wealth and power she was a, a money lender an early banker really mm -hmm. so it's it's um I, and i guess the, the other thing as well is i'm interested in bad people you know that's um you know good stories nice stories about nice people doing nice things are are nice but nice. I'm, I'm, really <laughs> I'm really interested in people who don't do nice things and yeah. and um, they tend to you know and power corrupts doesn't it I am interested in power I'm, I'm interested and yeah. the same with my first book which is written from the point of it was actually it's set in a tie where I'm from and it was about a true story and I was interested I'm interested in exploring voices that no, don't normally get get heard in that way you know okay okay so is one thing one thing that, that people often often i suppose have a perception about writing is is it a lonely career and i suppose in the pandemic and in, in lockdowns people think you know oh i'm, I'm grateful for you know and they, they become grateful for their colleagues and they're in an office you know with people yeah. eight nine hours a day would, would you say writing is a lonely career or you know what, what's your perspective your thoughts on on, on that yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's probably even lonelier now. <laughs> um, and, you know, and most of most people who write are quite introverted, you know, and you would need to be because 
the work gets done. Um, you might see writers online or at events when their books are out, but there's usually a long gap between that. And most of it is spent on your own. You can't really write in company. Um, writers groups are very supportive to spark people off, but you know, so a book a book can take years and it's done on your own. And it is it is actually isolating. It's one of the things that I've noticed recently that we are now that we're, we're so cut off from each other. I do it do. I do find it. I'm surprised at how much I miss other people. You know, um, I think so. A lot of us are. You know, even the grumpy ones are going. Oh, I want a bit of time. I'm always saying things like, I want a bit. I just if I could have one one day on my own and one time yeah. on my own. But I am so so surprised at how much I miss other people's company or just being in a room. I was watching um, I was watching a film the other night and it was set in a in a diner in New York and they were all laughing and talking and breathing all over each other. Yeah. You know, everything looks strange now. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that. You know, I just. Yeah. Uh, but it, like it, say, yeah. Uh, it requires a kind. It does require discipline and and mm. and to kind of work at something on your own. Uh, and often you're not sure if you're on the right path. And that's kind of another thing that I'm I'm part of a writers group. We met a couple of years ago. I know you know Amanda who who uh, started the Abbey Leaks the festival. Yes, Amanda Kelly. Yeah. She, yes, um, she went. She did a course, the same course as I did uh, in Kilkenny a couple of years ago. And um, so a group of us that did the the course after in a different year, we started a group called the Banshees, and we still meet. We're meeting tonight online, but we meet Thanks. once a month. And um, and spur each other on, and sometimes we don't even talk, get to talk about writing, but it's more that kind of it's community. You know, so it's yeah, yeah. Um, have you a favorite book, or is that oh. a really what? What do you say about books? And, and I suppose I, I I remember actually I was a member of a Thai library incidentally myself as a kid, and I always remember going into to Mrs. Caffrey. And, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that was that was uh, I suppose a pre-Google way of checking the library open if if the yellow or the orange um, the orange beetle was outside the library it was open yeah. and if it wasn't it was closed very very simple but escaping into and I suppose it's it's really cheeky of me to ask a writer have you got a favorite book um, is there one book in particular that you go or might read again and again or would even recommend to um, to, to to listen yeah to? I really love Jeanette Winterson's. Um, oranges aren't the only fruit and she also it, it's um it's one of her early books and it's loose not not even loosely it's 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 based on her own childhood um she was she was adopted into a kind of an van, evangelical uh, family it's very down to earth it's very funny it's very moving and she just has she was brought up um in with that background she just has a really wonderful way of telling a story that draws you in and she's so funny but it, what is interesting is that was a that was a fiction book so that's oranges aren't the only fruit and she had a couple of years ago she wrote a, a memoir about the same time in her life I guess and um that's what is it called um why be happy when you can be normal and um it's 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 brilliant to read both of them. They're they're twenty years apart, but um, okay. it's uh, it's very interesting to read both books. And that's oranges aren't the only fruit. Is a book I would have read over and over. I really like young voices, you know, as young adult voices. And um, we have I I love Shirley Jackson. Um, she she was uh, we have always lived in the castle and the haunting of Hill House, which was on Netflix. I don't know if you saw it. That mm. was adapted for Netflix. So. They're all voices of kind of coming, I suppose they call them coming of age books. Um, 
with with a kind of a gritty and a bit of humor is what their books I go back to. What what would you say to the young person maybe listening in right now who thinks um, I I can't do that I I want to be a writer and I can't do that and I, I have to is, is there any one particular is there any one piece of advice maybe that, that you were given um, you know um, what would you say to someone who's who's thinking of, of going into writing as a as a career? Okay, like I think the there's two parts to being a writer. It's almost um, there's the public part which is being an author. And that's often what a lot of people think of when they um, think of writer. But being a writer is is actually the other side is the private part, if you know what I mean. So there's mm -hmm. the public face. There's people, you know, we're publishing books. So what is the book cover going to look like and all this? You don't always have to, they, they don't come at the same time. So I was writing for a good few years before I was a published writer. And um, I would say that if you if you want to write, write and you can write. Um, yeah, just you feed the love of it. You do it for the love of it because it's as a career, it's it's a very different prospect. And I think with the internet and so much access to information, a lot of people land on the information about publication books and that side of it, which is the author side, rather than um, the other side. When, when before the internet, where we wrote we wrote in our lonely rooms, <laughs> but it's it's uh, you keep doing it for the love of words. And it's really important to know that um, there is no such thing as a writer or a type of person who becomes a writer. Um, you know, there's like, there, it, it's there for everybody. It's yeah. it's there for everybody. And, and you can, you can, um, I guess what I'm going to say is that you can go into it on different levels. Um, what can be very um, blocking, you know, the kind of writer's block is the idea that you have to, you want to write a perfect book or you want, you have a big idea in your head. So I would always say start small. So if you have a huge idea um, and you want it to be perfect and every time you start, it's not quite what you wanted to do. Or you, you know, you're, I would always say to use free writing. Um, there's a wonderful book by Natalie Goldberg called Writing the Bones. And um, free writing is just timed writing where you don't judge it and you write very, very fast because a lot of us um, learn to write um, and learned, you know, to write stories in, in a context where we would be examined on them. So they had to be perfect. We had to write nice sentences and whatever. So you kind of to, to free yourself up and to really get in touch with with what you want to say and the truth of what you want to say. You have to unlearn all that and forget about spellings, rules. Um, you know, you throw everything in and I, it's like composting. You throw all the pile of all the shit in and then you find the little nuggets. So yeah. it's um, I would say a good practice, a writing practice with no judgment, because often in, when I teach a good few writing workshops I did before COVID and often people are surprised by the kind of writer they are. So I've been in workshops where where I've set writing exercises and someone is has written an, a chilling, bloody uh, procedural piece and they were but I don't like crime I'm not a crime writer and I said well sorry <laughs> there it is. You're dark. <laughs> you may have come in in your pink jumper but you yeah. are you're very dark so you know when we sit down to write at first you can be very surprised at what comes up and because yeah. writing is um such a personal thing um I think the thing is is to keep following keep following it like for example I I, I thought I was going to write contemporary uh comedy and um when my first book had had no electricity and it was set in the 30s and it was very dark I was I, I was really it was actually going to stop because I thought this isn't what I want to write nice. and um 
but I kept following it until it became what I wanted to write, you know, and it's, mm. it's also is just it, the writing knows better than you do. Right. I know that sounds very, very new agey, but you just no, let, let it lead you one sentence at a time and fill your notebooks and wait. I would wait a while before even um, trying to get something published, you know, learn, learn what you like to write and to okay. trust it and to build up your own confidence as a writer. Uh, before you start submitting or, you know, maybe publishing it online or, or different things, because that's done quite a lot quite quickly with, with okay, younger, yeah. newer writers. So what, what I'm getting from that is uh, you would say to someone who, who was thinking about take your time and you oh, know, really? and, yeah. and just, yeah, I suppose that's yeah. a lot of young people now, you know, um, as was with technology, there's a lot of instant things happening. It's, it's what we perceive. Yeah. And, and I, I read somewhere recently that it's it's um, the, the, the average, the brain nowadays, uh, I think we're processing more in one day than they processed in something like a month in Victorian times. And it's the same mm -hmm. for patients, I suppose, that, you know, you're not going to sit down and be a writer tomorrow, that, you know, it, it does it does take time. Um, is, have you got a favourite word? Is there, is there a particular word that, that you that you like? Um, I've, I've been following the blog from Leash Libraries. Um, oh, yeah. These words popping up every couple of days, and I, that's a really good one. And... Uh, <laughs> Is there a particular one as a writer, uh, as an author, that, that is there a Neve Boyce word? Is there a big word that you like? I don't know. You know, I think there's I think there's software that you can run your books through where it tells you what your words are. But yeah. I know, you know, I guess um, I love I love words like oh, I love words like ablutions. You know, like people from Kildare that use words like that all, you know, but <laughs> they just mean they're going to wash their face, you know, ablutions. Yeah, yeah. ablutions. Like, ablutions. I love those. There's a lovely, I think, to where, where I'm from anyway, there's just a, lov a lovely, I really enjoy the, the way of speaking. And there's a lovely mix of down-to-earth language thrown in with words like, and now I'm going up to do me ablutions, which is just splash your face. <laughs> and, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, I, I like that. You know, and I love, I love, um, more and more, I suppose, as I get older is I like the older sayings. I like, you know, the things that my grandmother used to say or because all around us, the, the accents are, are, are are getting lost really you know we're the yeah, netflix yeah. generation and the american you know the americanization of, of younger accents okay. i love hearing i love hearing a cork accent i love hearing a leitrim accent i love turning on the radio you don't hear it so much anymore and hearing how people actually speak you know rather than yeah, this yeah. globe is it globalization would that be the right right phrase yeah yeah it's 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 interesting ablutions that's what well, i haven't heard that in years. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there only one thing Neve? um you know i suppose taking the last 12 months and, and and the whole what's happened in in the world um you know using that global theme is there any one thing that you're grateful right now oh i'm so grateful for my home and my family yeah nearly every night I sound so pious now, but anyway, nearly every night I do. I think we're all kind of, well, we have to, we're take, you know, take it, looking at our lives in a different way. But I'm so grateful for the okay. roof over my head, heat, food, and my family all safe and healthy. You know, and Absolutely. I don't think that will go when, when all this is over and it will be over. I don't think, I think that will stay with us. I think we'll be the generation of grandparents who are going and, well, you know, <laughs> I remember when you, you know what really mattered when it came yeah. down to it and you know what's interesting is is other people matter so much someone was saying about this virus has really showed us that um you know none of us are right are all right until all of us are all right 
you know we're all connected in such a way and it, it's really it's a scary way we're being shown but we're so connected and hopefully that'll affect how we it's perspective how we i think people, as well yeah yeah and how we how we look at the world we'll all be hippies when this breaks next year we'll all be <laughs> lying in fields holding hands <laughs> excellent excellent i actually yeah, there was a very good one going around uh, i think during the week about a birthday cake and again, something simple that we all take, uh, I know we, we've all done it, we put, you know, candles on a birthday cake and you blow them, blow them out yes. and then share the cake with everyone. And yeah. like, now, now if that happens, you kind of go, oh my God, look, look what they're doing, look what they're doing. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, and um, the, the best bit of advice that you've ever received, what, what is it? Can you hear the dead silence? <laughs> the, the first thing is not even it's not even one I've received. I think it's Doctor Zeus, but it's um, those that matter won't mind, and those that mind don't matter. That Excellent. is, yeah. Eve yeah. Boyce, thank you so much for joining us on the the podcast. Really, really appreciate, it. and uh, it's been great to, to talk to you. And uh, if you want, uh, if you want to check out Neve's uh, blog, Neve, Neve, where's the best place to, to find you and your your work at the moment? It's um. um Oh. I'm, I have a blog called um, Neve Voice blog will get me and there's um, there's a, a contact form on that. I'm quiet at the moment because I'm I'm, right, I'm trying to write but uh, trying to finish a book so I, I try to be quiet but it, you know I'm there I'm still there. And, and, and the books are available in, in, in the usual. Eason's and yeah try, I would say to people if they can um, to try and buy from low you know because the, the local bookshops you can still buy from them. It'd yep. be great to, to avoid Amazon and, and the bigger the book depository and to go for the 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 um even the national bookshops. There's a bookshop in Kilcullen as well and O'Mahony's in Limerick and Easton's is Irish too, you know, so it's okay, even yeah. smaller just to keep them going because I think I think book sales are up as well, you know, yeah. I think they yeah. are up. Um so if we can keep that in in the country, you know, just to keep it'd be lovely when all this is over that that are the businesses will will still be there. You know? Excellent. And as you say, a book is is going into another world. Is is there a title? Is there a title on the new book, or are we that far yet? Oh, what is this? I have changed it so much. It's um, it's been it's been, it was called the Spirit Cabinet, but now it's called Sheila. So, okay. So we have we have to wait. Then we we'll, we'll have to wait until it's on, on yeah, the shelf. Yeah. Neve, thank you so much. And uh, listen, we will hope to get a new book very, very soon. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for another week. Thanks for joining us this morning. And do join us next time on Be Your Best You. Have a good week. Thank you.